0: Today I have been asked to speak on um, the topic God's pace, um, which is a um, big topic, and I didn't really know how to uh, approach it at first. Um, and I had a little bit of a, um, a bit of a tantrum, to be honest, about um, not wanting to do it. Um, but then um, I sat and I prayed and I calmed down and acted like a normal person um, and realised that um, I have um, something to offer, and it is. Um, my story, so I thought I would just share a little bit about my journey um, of um, finding God's pace, if that is in my life, if that's okay with you guys. Okay. <sighs> you guys are being so vocal, I love it. Please keep it up. Um, <laughs> Um, so, I wasn't raised in a Christian home, um, but I was one of those kids whose parents' parents were Catholic, um, and so they sent them to a Catholic school to keep the tradition going, and then they could say, you know, like, oh, there's something that you can trip on. Um, <laughs> that's not what they said. So, they could say <laughs> that, um, you know, like, oh, um, obey your parents is in the Ten Commandments, like, you better do what we say, or you'll go to hell, and it would be effective. Um, and so... Every time I messed up as a child or when I didn't perform to the standards that my parents had set or the Ten Commandments had set or that my school had set or whatever it was, I would literally induce the fear of hell into me. Um, And so I was conditioned, as many of us are, I would say most of us are, to perform for acceptance. Um, And so every chance I got to prove myself um, to become acceptable, I took it. And then when I was 14 years old, um, I encountered God for the first time um, at youth group in a church not too different uh, from this. Um, And all of a sudden, God um, became very real to me. He wasn't a God in the sky telling me what to do anymore. He was a God that was closer than a brother. um, And I decided to give my life to him. But my belief that my worthiness was based on my performance had warped my perspective so much that I believe that God's love for me and even my salvation was conditional to my performance. And so I lived the years following that making myself useful for God and by the time I was 19 and had gone through a bit of life, um, making myself useful for God consumed my whole life. I attended and was involved in every church service, every worship night, every conference, and I listened to podcast after podcast. I had a prayer wall in my room that I would pray by, I journaled to God, I worshipped every day, I fasted, I got up at 5am every morning to have time to read the word, and even went out and prayed for people and prophesied on the streets, which was terrifying, and I didn't do much, but I did it because I thought that's how you become a good Christian. Um... And in time, I started working as a youth worker through the church and started getting really involved in ministry in youth ministry, young adults ministry, and worship ministry, prayer ministry, all the things that I could. Um, I even looked after people's kids um, in their houses while they went away, including twice when I looked after five kids um, and my own child who I was raising by myself while doing all that other stuff twice um, for a couple of weeks, um, because I couldn't say no because I was trying to prove myself. If someone said, Michaela, can you help with this? I just said, no problem, Um, because I thought that was living at God's pace. My whole life was ministry. It was people and becoming the best daughter, the best Christian that I could be. And that was, yeah, that was what God's pace looked like to me. It looked like doing as much as I possibly could for God. And while for a couple of years I loved it, I even maybe thrived off it, Eventually, life happened. (laughs) You got it. (laughs) And it all caught up with me. And I started struggling to keep up. And in my attempts to keep up, I ended up burning out completely. And I just couldn't do it anymore. Because I was doing it all on my own strength. I was trying to earn my right to be with him. To earn my righteousness. To earn his love And the harder I tried, the harder I stumbled. And I would wear shame as I walked around condemning myself because I wasn't good enough to live a godly life. I was so embarrassed about who I was and the lack that I had to offer that I surrendered into a self-made pit of shame and condemnation instead of surrendering to God and his love because all my efforts just weren't enough. And they weren't enough. And they never would be. Isaiah 64 puts it like this. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. Nothing we can do no matter how well we perform or how strictly we obey or how well we serve will earn us righteousness or earn us our place with God or in God's love. That's why Jesus died for our sins. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. John 3.16, everyone knows it. (laughs) We are not worthy because of what we do. We are worthy because of what Christ has already done on the cross. And in living an attempt to earn my own righteousness, I was living as if Jesus' sacrifice wasn't enough to cover my shortfallings. And while I thought I was living for God, I was actually living enslaved by my fear of being inadequate, instead of in the freedom of his love that made me adequate. (laughs) (laughs) He (laughs) thinks, he's telling the truth. (laughs) Thanks. I obviously wasn't intentionally living this way. I wasn't even consciously aware of most of this. Sometimes, like, things would you know rear their heads and I would um, just say like not today Satan and just praise the name of Jesus and continue like nothing was wrong and even when I hit the worst of it like rock bottom just felt horrible all the time I still wasn't really confronted with where I was at I just kept trying to keep going keep pressing on it wasn't actually until I was offered the role of youth pastor here and I found myself feeling resentful about being called to the role. I started to think, hmm, something's wrong here. It was a massive wrestle saying yes to this role. I wanted to be obedient to God, but I had just come out of the season where I had been burnt out to the point of exhaustion from doing stuff for him, and I felt as if I had nothing to offer anyone, let alone God. But I felt so strongly led towards the role that I did, I said yes, obviously I'm standing here, <laughs> but this time, when I tried to show up the way I had before, when I tried to show up on my own strength, it got me nowhere, I couldn't even, like I couldn't even pretend that I had the strength to do it on my own, I just crashed before I even tried to stand up, and so I found myself in this place where I couldn't do anything but trust and depend on God And that's when things started to shift. The Bible says, come to me, I just spat. (laughs) It does. (laughs) True. Um, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's not how I was living. (laughs) It wasn't one moment where I, I had like a revelation from God that things began to change for me. It was a slow and very confronting process of coming to God with my burdens over and over again. It was a process of rediscovering who I really was and what really mattered. It wasn't easy. I had wrapped myself up so tightly in walls um, of like coldness and bitterness and it wouldn't have been very nice to be around, I can tell you that. And it really hurt as I was pulling those layers down and God would reveal the wounded heart that they were protecting I had to learn to be okay with not being perfect, with being weak, with being human, and allow God to tend to the most broken parts of me as he took me on a journey of acceptance and love, but also redirection to the cross and the identity that I had in Christ because of it. And through this journey, I learned that living at God's pace was never about the things that I could do or the steps that I could keep up with. It was about living in the freedom of what he had already done on the cross. And as I let God nurture me out of my feelings of unworthiness and into his freedom, I found myself learning what it means to abide. John 15 says, Remain in me. We've used this so many times, you already know. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches, those who remain in me, and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. I had it backwards (laughs) like so many of us do. I was trying to produce fruit in order to be close to the vine instead of being connected to the vine in order to produce fruit. If you know anything about gardening, or if you're a human being, you know it doesn't work like that. (laughs) I was trying to do what Jesus had called me to do in order to be close to him, instead of coming close to him and drawing from his strength in order to do what he called me to do. And when I started to accept the fact that my own efforts, they weren't enough, and they never would be, and that apart from him, I can do nothing As it says, when I started saying, I have nothing to give you, Lord, I am totally dependent on you. The things that I had been trying so hard to do on my strength before started coming to me with ease. It wasn't hard anymore because instead of trying to do it by myself, I was connected and I was drawing strength from the vine. I was drawing strength from my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I remember one day I was out in the foyer at church and I was surrounded by a group of young people and I had this moment where I realised that this is, this is my dream job, this is exactly where I want to be and I felt this familiar passion within me. My passion for the young people of this nation and my passion for this church. <laughs> the passion that I had allowed to be strangled by my fear. I didn't even know that I had any more. Yet now, because of his kindness and because of his patience with me, because he is so loving that he chose me despite my short fallings. my passion was beginning to be reignited and burn brighter again. And my heart was so full of love for these young people that I had the privilege of leading, I didn't resent it anymore, and I was filled with gratitude for the God who loves me, who loves these youth, and who knows me so—he knows me so much better than I know myself. And His ways are so much higher than my own. And I can stand here now and say that, like I'm honestly living freer than I've ever lived before. I used to wake up in the morning and it was hard to get up because I was so heavy with guilt and shame and what's the point in any of this when I'm just not enough? And now I wake up and I feel love and I feel accepted. And sometimes it's still hard to get up because I'm tired, but it's not because I'm ashamed anymore. I'm excited about the life that God has for me. I still have off days like everyone else where things feel harder, but now instead of my default being... Condemning myself when I fall short, I have learned, and am continuing to learn to come to the feet of Jesus, to trust him and surrender to his love. If you want to live at God's pace, you have to give up going your own way. You have to hold his hand and let him lead you, even if where he's taking you isn't where you want to go. You have to be willing to let him slow you down or speed you up or pick things up or put things down. You have to put down the belief that you can figure it out for yourself or that you can do it on your own because you can't and you don't. You have to choose to believe that God's ways are higher than yours. To trust him and be willing to surrender yourself to him and to his ways. John 15 says, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son does also. Even Jesus couldn't do anything by himself. He needed to be connected to the father before he could accomplish anything. Jesus lived at God's pace and to live in the freedom that he has for us to live free We have to learn to do the same. And we know that Jesus said that I am the way, the truth and the life and no one can come to the Father except through me. Our way to the Father, our way to live in God's pace is through the Son who died on the cross for us for God so loved the world. To live at God's pace, we need to be connected to the vine, connected to Christ to understand the gospel to understand that none of this is about us or what we can do (laughs) it's about him and it's about what he's done it's about surrendering yourself to the unfathomable reality of God's love letting go of your own understanding and choosing to trust in spite of your doubts and your fears You know, when I got asked to um, speak on this topic, I thought, I'm going to have to get up there and talk about like all the things that you do that like make you connected to God. And I thought I was going to talk about resting and praying and reading the Bible and Sabbath and the list is long, <laughs> the things that we do. I could have told you that for me personally, I like to start my day with God. Most mornings I get up an hour or so before my daughter to have some uninterrupted time with him and ask him for direction from the day and read the word and get to know him more. I try to have quiet moments in my day, usually in my car, when I'm waiting for to pick my daughter up from school and just kind of ask for direction, ask for peace, and ask for some kind of patience because, you know, we all need that. <laughs> and I like to end my night with reflecting on my day with the Lord and I like to ask him, when were we doing things together and when was I trying to do things on my own? I could have told you that I love going for walks and chatting with him and chatting with people and being refined by my friends. I could have told you that I like sitting at the piano and singing songs with him and that these are the things that keep me connected. And there's nothing wrong with a message like that. In fact, I actually really like listening to messages like that and getting inspiration of how I can, you know, make my life with God a little bit more me and a little bit um, more flavorful I guess but if I came up here and told you that that is how I connect with God that's how I stay grafted into the vine it wouldn't be honest because I did a lot of those things before when I was striving and none of them brought me into God's pace in fact they drained me I had to force myself to get up and read the Bible and I was exhausted not just like Physically, I was emotionally and spiritually exhausted. And then I would beat myself up about it when I didn't measure up, and then the cycle of self condemnation would go over and over again. Because I wasn't doing them in a response to God's love, I was doing them to earn His love. You can't live at God's pace (laughs) if you're not living in freedom. And you can't live in freedom if you're stuck in self-condemnation. The Bible says there is no condemnation in Christ. You can't live connected to him and sync with him and pace with him if you refuse to let go of your self-judgment. But when you lay down your self-judgment, you lay down your pride and your belief that you can do it on your own. That's when you start to connect. That's when you start to be able to live at God's pace. That's when you begin to live free.